This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, our college football conference previews continues with the fun belt, the sun belt here on Sports Better's Paradise, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Our, uh, nobody does it better than these two guys on the group of five, man. They can, look, no problem with the obscurity there. And, you know, I want to ask you first, Paul, um, you can find some. You could find maybe a little, uh, a few errors maybe, or for the lack of emphasis by some of the odds makers on some of these small conferences like the Sun Belt? I believe so. I mean, you know, all things uh, being equal, I, I think it stands to reason that since they're going to get less of a volume of action on these games, that there will be more opportunity. The, the markets won't mature as quickly and uh, the misses will be more uh, frequent. So if a person, you know, dedicates themselves uh, to a conference like the Sun Belt Conference USA or similar group of five conference and follow the, the beat writers on Twitter and just really plug themselves in, I think there's great opportunity in these leagues, especially in the early going. And uh, Bruce, you and I have uh, focused on these as a portion of the your, your appearances on my show for over 20 years. You have always has showed a little bit more attention than most to some of the smaller conferences. Yeah, it, it's in, and, and Paul's right. And it, it seems like every year uh, you, you see a, a handful of these sides really go off on winning and or losing streaks. And that's the other thing, too. When one of these sides goes really bad, um, it, it, and yet you can start going against them every, every week, um, it's the masses are generally, generally a little slower to pick up on streaks here in, in these leagues. And I think that's where you can probably cash in. Uh, not every year is the same, but I would dare say in general, I mean, you've seen more of these extended point spread win and lose streaks out of leagues like the Sun Belt because it just takes the masses a little bit longer to catch up with the uh, number. All right. Uh, I think both of you guys would agree that the East is a little bit stronger. The division with App State, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina has won 11 games uh, the last two years. Marshall comes over uh, from Conference USA. Georgia State won a bowl game uh, last year. James Madison uh, kind of following the footsteps of Appalachian State uh, coming in from FCS. Of FCS power uh, that uh, lost in the final to North Dakota State. Uh, last year so and they are full member they are uh, um, eligible for the conference championship Paul we'll start with you though uh, can Coastal Carolina who is plus five to one plus 500 to win the conference can they compete with App State atop the east 
App State's win total is eight and a half. Coastal is eight, uh, juice to the under, minus 139. App State is the favorite to win the conference at plus 225. I'll tell you, Coastal Carolina, they're one of the more interesting teams in, in regardless of group of five or uh, whatever conference, in my opinion, in, in 2022. I mean, this is a team that's 22 and three over the last two seasons. That uh, they've returned their veteran quarterback in Grayson McCall, the two-time uh, Sun Belt uh, Player of the Year there. But they lost 35 Letterman. They only returned a grand total of seven starters. Uh, the losses not only were significant in terms of numbers, but these were key players. Uh, they lose a thousand-yard rusher. They lose their top three receivers that combined for 161 yard, 161. Catches rather for 2,645 yards, 24 touchdowns included in that group. Tight end Isaiah Likely. Defensively, seven of their top eight tacklers have moved on. Uh, so the back two levels of the unit going to have to be most, almost entirely replaced. But again, you look at Grayson McCall. He's 20 and two as a starter. Uh, head coach Jamie Chadwell, one of the hottest names among group of five coaches. You know, I'm not going to bet. Uh, on the uh, Chanticleers, because I just see too many questions there. But I'm certainly not going to bet against them. I know they have some players who have played, who have logged playing time, and now they get their turn. But uh, I see their win total there at Bet Rivers, uh, I think, as you said, eight juice to the under at minus 139. I don't have any uh, desire to get involved there. But what a unique uh, situation here with all the changeover on the roster. Yeah, Grayson McCall, uh, Bruce, too. He's only a junior. <laughs> He's the two-time uh, conference player of the year. Uh, he is a true dual threat. Sometimes people will label a running quarterback a dual threat quarterback. No, he's a true dual threat, but he is all by himself. And App State has been the most consistent program uh, over the years. And they two potential senior quarterback and two potential 1,000-yard rushers for the Mountaineers this year. Yeah, and, and Sean Clark has really uh, really kept this program elevated where they were with Satterfield in that year with Drinkwitz. So both of those coaches moved up from here from Boone. I thought it was interesting. We, you see, North Carolina is coming into Boone this year. You talk about a crusade for uh, App State to get the big Tar Heels coming in here. By the way, the Tar Heels are also playing at Georgia State. We'll talk to them later. What's going on with this schedule with uh, North Carolina playing these Sun Belt teams on the road? But you're right. Um, you know, Sean Clark has done very, very well right there. Um, and, and Chase Bryce at quarterback – really flourished now he had bounced around some before you know we know he's at Clemson for a while and he backed up Trevor Lawrence uh, and bailed them out of that game in the national title year against Syracuse then he went up to Duke had some problems but he did seem to flourish here last year through 27 uh, touchdown passes Um, they uh, they also have to go to Texas A&M this year though so that's going to be a little bit of a challenge early on but that North Carolina game is really big for them if they can get if they can get over that. Eight and a half is the number that I'm looking at on the win side there. They've been able to exceed that in recent years. Uh, this eastern half of the loop is tough, and that's those are two pretty tough non-conference games there. So I'm not sure that App can get over eight and a half, but because of their success they've had in recent years and the fact that Clark has kept them up, maintained that higher level, I'm not betting under. So it's sort of the way Paul is thinking about Coastal. I'm kind of thinking the same way with App State, keeping an eye on them. I'm not uh, I'm certainly not looking under, but I think they. I'm, I'm certainly not convinced, so they're going to get over that win total. No, no, neither of you are strong opinions on those two with App State and Coastal Carolina, and neither of you strong opinions on Marshall. Marshall's win total is seven. Uh, Conference USA to the Sun Belt move. 
Uh, they played a Sun Belt team in their bowl game last year when they lost to ULL. Uh, Billy Napier did lose bowl games, just that simple. A defensive-oriented uh, roster for the jump-up in class for the Thunder and Herd. Some people picked them to finish third in the, uh, in the uh, East. Georgia State won a school record, uh, eight wins in 2021. Uh, three straight bowl games uh, now for them, and they return uh, multiple all-conference players, uh, all-conference players, two, uh, 10 super seniors. Uh, their head coach, Sean Elliott, in his sixth year, no relation to the basketball player. Uh, Paul, this guy has done a good job here in Atlanta. Man, I, I tell you, he's done a great job. And again, this is just Georgia State. They're, they're part of what makes the Sun Belt uh, a fun conference to follow and, and the, the four new teams that we have as well. But you just look at last year. I mean, Georgia State led Auburn into the final minute. I mean, they had that game won. Then later, uh, they went at Coastal Carolina 42-40 to 40 as a 13-point underdog. So those two showings, you know, they show the nation uh, in that conference what Georgia State is capable of uh, when they're at their best. Uh, certainly during his five seasons there at Georgia State, uh, Sean Elliott's team uh, have been known, in my opinion, mostly for offense and specifically their ability to run the football. I think they're going to be able to run the ball very effectively again this year. They returned four starters on the offensive line, 143 career starts. They've got Tucker Gregg and Jameis Williams at running back. Uh, quarterback Darren Granger, another running threat. That three-headed monster last year accounted for almost 2,500 rushing yards. So they've got a really capable running game. Uh, you look at their non-conference schedule, it's certainly challenging. Uh, they have trips to South Carolina and Army, a home date uh, against North Carolina. So, you know, mostly based on their strength of schedule, I'm not going to bet over seven wins because they've got a really tough non-conference schedule. But based on their talent, I'm not going to buck them either uh, and fade them. Uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, stand in the way of the Panthers. So this is a pass for me, but an interesting team. And it'll be uh, interesting, especially to see what they do in the non-conference. Bruce, looking a little bit uh, further down, one team that uh, that you like and uh, you're eyeing down as far as their win total is Old Dominion. Keep in mind, they sat out the entire 2020 COVID season. Uh, they were 1-6 and six last year and won their last five to get into a bowl game, finished 6-6. Six and six. They moved from Conference USA to the Sun Belt. Bruce, their win total is at 4.5. Yeah, and uh, the, the, I'll come off right out here. The schedule is a little bit tricky right off the bat. They get Virginia Tech at home. They're about a nine-point underdog uh, in the opener. Now, they did beat Virginia Tech a few years ago, so uh, keep that in mind. And then uh, East Carolina, Virginia, they get Army a little bit – I'm sorry, Liberty a little bit later. So it's, it's, it's not an easy non-conference schedule, but they might be able to steal one or two of those. I really like this coach, Ricky Rain. You mentioned about what happened in 2020. They didn't play. Uh, this team went through a couple of spring practices. They had a sp <clears throat> spring practice in 2020, uh, and uh, then again in 2021. They had a couple of spring practices, and they even had a fall camp, I think, in 2020, Then they decided not to play. So they did a lot of work before they actually got in the field So and played in a game. So it wasn't uh, – it took them a while for them to get going last year, but they played extremely well down the stretch. Rain came from Penn State, where he succeeded Joe Moorhead as the offensive coordinator. I think he did a bang-up job once this thing got going. They went five straight down the stretch last year. Hayden Wolf, the quarterback, uh, put up some very good numbers uh, down the stretch last season. So, uh, you know, we'll see how OD uh, can handle, uh, you know, can handle uh, this half of the loop, which is kind of tough. But they do have a couple of games, crossover games, which I think they can win. 
and I, I, I like the direction here, and I like Rain. I think he's a winner. I think you're going to see him move up from ODU at some point. Uh, four and a half is a uh, – it's going to be a, a, a tough go here with the schedule, and they're playing in the tougher half of the league. But I think they got something going there. And they were a bowl team last year, and I like a team that closes fast like that. So there was some coaching going on there last year. I think they'll get to at least five, maybe six. All right, their non-conference is all uh... – Virginia Tech at East Carolina at Virginia and Liberty, no small task there. But, um, yes, no, no doubt with the limited time that they've had on the field, uh, they have, uh, they've accomplished uh, quite a lot. Paul, one that you're looking at is an FCS power making the move up to uh, 2D1 or FBS, if you will, uh, eligible uh, for the conference championship. Uh, how about this one? I guess we'll find out real quickly. Week three, they go to Boone to take on App State. So another former FCS program that's doing just fine uh, in the uh, in the Sun Belt right now. A lot of similarities here for the Dukes. Uh, their win total is at six. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of a banner season. Their last season at the FCS level uh, lost 20-14 to 14 in the semifinals to uh, eventual national champion North Dakota State. Uh, that James Madison team, though, last year's edition – that was an experienced bunch. This year's squad, uh, not so much. They've got a lot of new players. They only return a total of nine starters. Uh, the most notable of their losses, quarterback Cole Johnson, uh, who threw for almost 3,800 yards last year, had a stellar 41-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. And then it really stung in mid-May when their top defensive player, uh, linebacker Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, entered the transfer portal uh, ultimately transferred to the University of Texas. So they lose a lot of talent. Uh, they didn't play. What's really interesting uh, about James Madison, they didn't play in the fall of 2020 due to the COVID pandemic. And then they played an eight-game schedule in the spring of 21. Then they come back and play 14 games in the fall. So they played a total of 22 football games in calendar year 2021. I'm not so sure that's a good thing. Uh there's a lot of new people, again, on both sides of the ball. They're going into a tough uh, tough conference, a tough situation. I like the uh, under six there at Bet Rivers at minus one and a quarter. If you look around the market a little bit, you can even find under six and a half heavily juiced. But in any case, I think James Madison goes below 500 in their first season at the FBS level. All right, so Paul Stone on the under, the uh, James Madison Dukes, uh, minus 125. One that you both uh, have uh, kind of uh, targeted, and we'll go to the team that's uh, the lowest win total in the Eastern Division of the Sun Belt, and that is Georgia Southern. And I'm I'm sure I could maybe probably predict what you guys are going to say first, Bruce, but... You're going from that triple option, Willie Fritz and all the others that ran that for so long that used to give people headache after headache. Now Clay Helton comes in. It's an odd hire. Uh, four total, uh, it's minus 137 to the over. So you give, if you want the under, there will be. So the triple option to the spread mm, in year one could be some uh, transition bumps. Yeah, I think so. By the way, one note on James Madison, they're only playing 11 regular season games, too. So that makes a, that makes Paul's uh, case for the under there uh, maybe a little stronger, too. Georgia Southern, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, all you have to do is look up north 
uh, to Georgia Tech and see what happened there. And that was another guy who had once been at Georgia Southern, Paul Johnson. After him, what's happened with Coach Collins up there? The the transition away from several from a program that has run option spread option uh, for years, and that's what they've been doing at Georgia Southern. Uh, and they they sort of switched away from that a couple of years ago for a bit, and they really had some problems. Uh, and the, the it was summers, and it didn't work out. They went back to Chad Lunsford, and they, they kept running it and back to the option, and then that sort of fizzled. I don't know that Clay Helton is a proper hire here. Uh, some people seem to think this is a better fit for him. I was never all that impressed with him at USC. You talk to people. Uh, I know he's a Jimmy Sexton guy, but people tell us Jimmy actually likes his brother more. We talked about Western Kentucky the other day with Tyson. He's brought in Kyle Van Trees from Buffalo, who is a little bit up and, up and down for the Bulls to try to run this offense. Uh, like you said, a spread. Yeah, they've got offensive linemen back, but they've got four four starters returned. But they have got to learn completely new schemes, completely new fundamentals. It is a very difficult transition. And they lack playmakers on a defense last year. They only forced nine turnovers all year. So it was kind of not good either side of the line of scrimmage. They did have a coaching change midstream last year, so it was disruptive. But I don't like uh, the dynamics here, and uh, I'm not sure I like the Hilton hire, at least not yet. In the first year to make that sort of a change is very, very difficult, and they're in a tough half of the loop, too. I think it's going to be under for the Eagles down there in Statesboro. I think it's going to be tough going for Clay Hilton in his maiden run with the uh, Eagles. Paul, you agree with the under on Georgia Southern? Absolutely, and I, I won't take up too much time here because, you know, Bruce hit uh, a lot of the same points that I was going to make. Uh, obviously, the transition is a significant one uh, in his five years as quarterback at Buffalo. Van Trees, uh, as Bruce kind of pointed out, lukewarm results, passed for 4,700 yards there, completed 59% of his attempts, a 25-13 to 13, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, the offensive line does return four starters and 110 career starts. But these guys, they're shifting from option run blocking schemes to pass protection, and it's not as if they can simply flip a switch. So uh, that's going to affect the offensive line as well um, there. Defensively, you know, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about that substantial transition. But defensively, Georgia Southern last year, they they allowed 442 yards per game. That's the most it has allowed since joining the FBS way back in 2014. Uh, five opponents last year gained at least 500 yards against the Eagles. One of those, Arkansas, gained 633. Uh, Georgia Southern gave up a robust 6.3 yards per play. Uh, Just not a very good defense. They've got only five starters back on defense. Got to replace all three linebackers. Phil still ranked their pass defense last year 121st out of 130 teams. I could go on and on, but when you look at this transition uh, to a new offense, a first-year head coach, uh, quarterback coming over from a different program, defense not very good. They also lost J.D. King, um, their top, uh, one of their top offensive players in mid-July. He announced his retirement from football uh, due to injury. So there's just a lot of things stacked up against Georgia Southern here. So uh, there at Bet Rivers, looks like the four is under minus 110. Market-wide, you can find four and a half, a little more heavily juiced as well but I like Georgia Southern in any case to win fewer than four games this year. All right, let me pile on uh, Clay Helton as well. And uh, and that is, you know, playing in the tougher division, the East, but the two games they play of the West in the Sun Belt, 
ULL by far the strongest team uh, in the West. And South Alabama is uh, projected to be the third best. So two of the top three teams cross-divisional that they'll have to play uh, as well. Moving to the West, how about the Raging Cajuns? Well, Billy Napier, he didn't turn down jobs this time. He moved to Gainesville, Florida. In comes former ULL player DeSormo. And riding a 13-game winning streak after they lost to Texas. They ran the table after that. Four straight Eastern Division titles. Uh, they lose a lot from last year, including a multi-year quarterback, Levi Lewis. Uh, Bruce? Yeah, Levi Lewis, uh, his 15-year career in Lafayette. Um, so he <laughs> finally... <laughs> He's finally uh, he's finally gone. You're right. Napier finally took a job. Uh, he had chances to leave there before, but he found the one he wanted at, at Florida. So he leaves. Michael DeSormo, we all remember him as a quarterback there for the Raging Cajuns. He's been on the staff. He Apparently he has lived within a half hour of the school his entire life. So he's a proper fit there. He's not that old. Uh, he could grow with this program, and they could continue to do what they did. Uh, in recent uh, in, in recent years, Chandler Fields, the quarterback, uh, was there. They think he can do a lot of the things that, that uh, Levi Lewis did. So I'm not sure there's going to be much of a drop off there. Here's an interesting point, though. This is to the to the returning starters angle here, and they 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 don't have a lot. Um, uh, it's not it's, they they weren't decimated by that, but a lot of guys who weren't listed as starters uh, coming back played a lot last year, and I am championing another a, a new uh, angle i think that we ought to look at it's returning experience uh this returning starter angle gets overplayed way way too much and especially like on the lines the offensive line you watch a game there's a lot of substitutions going on and the threshold they have for a returning starter is like starting half the game so if you start three or four they don't count you as a returning starter oftentimes there's more experience than it looks like here especially on the defense there's guys who played a lot last year who now get to be starters but they have played. They have some experience. They have been playing at such a high level uh, at, at uh, Lafayette for several years. I don't know that they're going to drop off all that much. Uh, nonetheless, uh, this is a pretty big slug here at games. they got to get to nine, I think, to get over. They, I probably lean that way. Uh, but, again, this is DeSormo's first go, though, as a head coach. So you had an outstanding coach there, a Nick Saban disciple who really kept this thing going the last few years. Um, and uh, though I'm not going to look against uh, Louisiana, I, it's, it's the, it, the bar has been set pretty high there. So I think they'll probably land around eight or nine, but that's not enough for me to make a recommendation either way. Paul, Paul you don't have a recommendation either, but um, I'm wondering if you, you do a good job of looking at spots and schedule. What do you think about that trip to Tallahassee on November 19th, right before the Seminoles play? their uh, rival Florida. That, that will catch your attention? You know, situationally, uh, it's a great angle. And I, I think anytime you have a team from a so-called lesser conference going to a power conference school late in the schedule, right in the middle of that power five conferences uh, league slate, you know, you have to look at the underdogs. So certainly if Louisiana Lafayette uh, or Louisiana is playing, playing well and looks like they've got the horses to compete, and also, depending on how Florida State's playing, it's a perfect spot. So very good job in identifying that uh, that scenario there. I'm not quite as bullish on Louisiana uh, as Bruce is. You know, they've just got a lot of losses. They've got uh, a new quarterback, obviously, a new first-time coach. These coaches, you just have no idea how they're going to work out. Sometimes a coach looks like a, a slam dunk, that he's going to be a, a great fit and it's all going to work out. And then 
they don't do anything. And then other time, when Oklahoma in 1999, they hired a uh, defensive coordinator from Florida, a guy named Bob Stoops. And I thought, what's what's Oklahoma doing? You know, hiring somebody <laughs> nobody's even heard of. And then in 2007, I think it was um, Clemson fires uh, Tommy Bowden midseason. They don't promote one of their coordinators because the president really had a uh, shine for a wide receiver coach named Dabo Sweeney. So Dabo got to be interim coach and uh, keep the seat warm for the next guy. And uh, obviously the rest is history. So coaching hires are very difficult to put your finger on. Louisiana, some things that could regress to the mean. Last year in games decided by eight points or fewer, they were plus seven in games decided by eight points or fewer. That is an incredible stat. They also ranked second nationally in turnover margin at plus 15 with the new quarterback, with all the defensive losses, you know, I just don't think they're going to uh, to meet that type of number this year. So I'll be on the sideline, but again, just another uh, really interesting watch. It'll be interesting to see after these last three seasons, the Raging Cajuns 34 and five, uh, what DeSormo will do uh, in his first season there at the helm. Troy is uh, the second highest win total in the West uh, there at six. Neil Brown, uh, now the head coach of West Virginia. And that was a tough act to follow, but in three years, only 15 total wins. So they now have brought in a a former assistant, uh, John Summerall, to take over there. Um, South Alabama, five and seven last year. And is this a slightly ascending program? No Appalachian State or Coastal on the schedule uh, from the east. They're at five and a half over 139. But I've got to go all the way down to ULM, Bruce, that just catch your attention. Terry Bowden uh, in Monroe. They went four and eight last year, and they, they definitely went over the total last year. Their COVID, they were talking about COVID casual. They, they were playing with basically the JV uh, that year. They had no chance. Uh, their win total is two and a half, which is the lowest in the in the conference. You had an opinion on UL Monroe? Yeah, I mean, I'm not championing them to get into the uh, in the football playoff or anything here, but there was some coaching going on there last year, and the situation that he inherited. Yeah, there's COVID problems in 2020. They were the worst team in the country in the COVID season, and they played a, a full season in the Sun Belt, so it was a disaster. They didn't win a game, and I think last year we had, uh, I think we had these guys at 1.5, and I thought. If Bowden can do something here, I think they can get over that. Uh, and he did. And they were extremely well coached. And here's the, the stat I thought was interesting. This was the least penalized team in the country last year. There was some coaching going on here, real coaching. I know, and he's got some new coordinators coming in this year, but Bowden oversees this. He's done this before. And compared to Arkansas State, which had a new coach, Butch Jones, maybe we'll get to them in a second, I thought ULM looked a lot better organized last year. I know they lost a close decision to Ark State late in the season. But um, to get to three wins, I think it's very possible. Now, having said that, I know they're playing at Texas, and I know they're playing at Alabama. And, oh, by the way, don't think uh, Nick Saban's going to overlook ULM because he lost to ULM, if you guys remember, in his first year when Charlie Weatherby was still with the Warhawks, 2007. So, yeah, they'll get trampled there. But, okay, so what? Uh, They can beat Nichols uh, between those two, which I think they should do. I mean, they're they're then they only have to find two more wins to get over. Uh, they're in the half of the league where I think they have a chance to do it. Um, and uh, I, I, this is mostly a Terry Bowden. Uh, this is mostly a Terry Bowden uh, thing here. Uh, Rogers, the quarterback, is a nice dual threat. They've got two dual threat quarterbacks 
Uh, and they can cobble together three or four wins, I think. They did last year, and I think they can this year. So like some of these others around the country, Kansas and a few others we've talked about, really low win totals. But with a coach who has a good track record, I think these guys can get over 2.5. All right, Paul, let's look at the Golden Eagles in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss now 3-9 and nine last year. Uh, they move over to a tougher conference, and their win total is at 5.5. But look a little bit deeper. They're going to be about 20 scholarships deeper this year. They played with 53 scholarship players back last year in 2021. Offensive line, hopefully they can get some players to uh, improve that offensive line. Gave up the most tackles for losses of any team last year. Golden Eagles at 5.5 is a team that uh, is a total that you're looking at. Yeah, for most of last season, which was Will Hall's first season as Southern Mississippi's head coach, the Golden Eagles struggled mightily on offense. And you mentioned one of the primary reasons was that offensive line. In their first nine games last season against FBS opponents, they only averaged 11.4 points per game. They did close the season by scoring a total of 72 points in their last two games. Uh, Won those two games over Louisiana Tech and Florida International. Not so much a handy, from a handicapping viewpoint, but just a statistical oddity that I found. Southern Mississippi last year, they had six players throw 11 or more passes. I mean, it'll take a more sophisticated researcher than myself, but I just wonder how many college football teams historically have ever had six players throw 11 or more passes in a season. They also had 11 players attempt at least one pass. So I'm not, Bruce might have even thrown, one of you guys might have thrown a pass last year for Southern Mississippi. <laughs> a lot of guys got to handle the football. So that's really interesting. That shows you, even though he's creative coming from that Division II level, that shows you that they were trying to generate offense any way they could. Uh, this year they're going to count on red short, shirt freshman uh, Ty Keyes. He's clearly going to be their quarterback. Uh, he had lukewarm results last year. He completed just 51% of his pass attempts. They average just 5.5 yards per pass attempt, which is really low. His touchdown to uh, interception ratio was three to four. Running back Frank Gore Jr., uh, son of the former NFL great by the same name, he provided much of the Golden Eagles uh, offense, not only last year, but the year before. The last two years, Gore uh, has rushed for over 1,500 yards, averaged five yards a carry, and he was one of the guys. He, He took a lot of shotgun snaps ran the ball some, even threw the ball some. But they're going to have to get more help. You know, it's not just going to be Gore and Keys. Uh, they're going to have to get more help if they're going to flirt with the 500 record. Uh, they averaged just, again, looking at that offense, 3.8 yards per play last year, ranked 129th out of 130 FBS schools in that uh, category. They're going to start the season by hosting Liberty. They're currently getting three and a half or four points, uh, depending on where you look. I think a victory over the plant, uh, over the Flames is critical if Southern Miss is going to exceed their five-and-a-half win total. They do host FCS Northwestern State. Uh, they'll be favored by about 20 there, but they travel to uh, both Miami, Florida, and Tulane. You know, I just look at it, I, even if they get two wins in non-conference, it's very difficult for me to find three wins in the new Sun Belt Conference. So I'm going to take Southern Miss under five-and-a-half Minus 127 there at Bet Rivers. And uh, Bruce, finally, uh, a proud program and a disastrous year. Uh, the Red Wolves of Arkansas State, 
Uh, Butch Jones, uh, he went from champions of life to Knoxville to champions of nothing in Arkansas State. Two and ten. One of the worst records ever. They finished dead last in the division for the first time ever. Their win total is at four and a half, juice to the under at minus 134. Yeah, that's right. One thing, Southern Miss, and, and Paul alluded to it, they went wildcat the last few. All those quarterbacks were hurt. They were direct snap. They were going wildcat their last three games with Gore direct to him, and they played better going wildcat. I mean, the offense worked better going that way than it did before, so that was kind of interesting. But I think Paul is right on Southern Miss. Arkansas State, yeah, we talked about uh, Butch Jones. Uh, it did not work last year, and uh, we know Blake Anderson left just at the right time, apparently, out to Utah State. Uh, but this thing was a mess last year, and it was a completely unbalanced offense, all pass, uh, one-dimensional. They were at 129 rushing. Only one team rushed for less than they did, so it was it was a completely one-dimensional offense last year. The de- defense was woeful. They had uh, 21 plays they allowed of uh, 40-plus yards last year, so they were burned constantly by big plays week after week. Blackman, there's another Florida State transfer showing up at quarterback. I mean, he tried last year, but he was under siege. He was sacked 48 times. And they just did not look that well-schooled. I remember watching them a game up at uh, – they played at Washington, which was not all that great last year, and they just didn't do anything. I mean, it was it was obvious that something was, was wrong there, and it was a big disappointment for those of us who at one point sort of liked Butch Jones, and we thought when he came to Tennessee from Central Michigan that he might be able to get that thing going. Never quite worked at Knoxville, and I thought they'd do a little bit better last year than they did. I did mention they did beat ULM, but I thought Terry Bowden did a much better job uh, down in Monroe than um, – than what uh, uh, what uh, Butch did up here in Jonesboro. So, woeful defense. Um, he's he's brought a lot of transfers in, and we'll see what happens. But I think that's going to be his mo here for a while. They're going to hit the portal hard. Guys coming in for one year. I don't like the direction. I don't like the way these quick. He's going to go quick fix here, and I'm not sure it's going to work. And they've got to win a few games to get above that win total. I don't see it. There's too many flaws on this side. And oh, by the way, my. Lookout game for the year. Uh, women and children should be barred from this when they go to Ohio State <laughs> early. I, but this is one of these. Ryan Day's a little bloodthirsty. This could be a you know seventy-two to five sort of game like he did against uh, like Day has run up some scores in the past. So look out for that game at Ohio State. All right. Uh, so Bruce has uh, Arkansas State under four and a half. It's uh, juice to the uh, under at Bet Rivers at minus 134. He's got the under four in Georgia Southern. Uh, he does have a couple of overs over ULM two and a half and over Old Dominion four and a half. Paul Stone, uh-uh. he, he does not want any fun in the fun belt. He wants to rename it the Dunn Belt, all unders. James Madison, under six, minus 125. Georgia Southern, under, plus 110. And Southern Miss, S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N, Southern Mississippi, no, no, no. Five and a half, the under as well. So, Paul, you are doom and gloom when it comes to the Dunn Belt this year, huh? You know, I'm a guy who I think most people, whether it be totals or uh, regular season win totals, most people look to the over. I mean, in the NFL, you know, you're going to have a zero sum. The teams all play one another. You count the wins, you count the losses, and uh, they come out the same. But if you look at regular season win totals, even in the NFL, the overs, the numbers are going to add up slightly higher than the unders. So you pay a premium to play the over. So I do historically uh, look strongly to the under, both on regular season win totals 
in individual games. And a lot of people do kind of accuse me of being just a, a no fun kind of guy, but you know, that's not true. <laughs> you know, I'm not, again, I say, I'm not trying to be entertaining. I'm not trying to be entertaining. I'm trying to be winning, you know, so. <laughs> Great stuff. So, I mean, look, really good stuff. We appreciate it. Um, we looking forward to the selections all college football season long. For Paula Stone, Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Yacht. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel, the Sports Bearers Paradise, on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.